0: To India and I
1: Welcome to Take Me With You, episode 92. I'm Ryan.
2: And I'm Cheryl. We are two well-traveled people who want to go everywhere. But
1: that's not going to happen. So instead, we'll travel vicariously by inviting a guest to share their unique travel stories with us.
2: Today, we are back to our summer series. Woohoo! Yeah. So we took a couple weeks to talk about my trip, and oh. now we are continuing for the rest of the summer to talk about travel shows.
1: Yes, we are. And it I, I think we say this every week, Cheryl, but this is fun. Oh
2: my gosh. Yeah.
1: Although this week is a little different.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it's interesting in us choosing this show because when we first talked about this series, we looked yep. at a ton of lists of travel yeah, shows. Yeah. And also saw which ones can we actually find and be able to watch. Right. And mm-hmm. I saw this show really early on in that search and read a brief description and saw just like the cover image uh-huh. of it on Netflix. Yeah. And realized, like, we don't need to watch that because it's not for us. <laughs> and then, as we've been watching a variety of shows and learning that it's better if we're watching kind of a whole slew of types yep. of travel shows then this is the perfect thing for us to be watching because it's a type of travel. That's not for us, but I think we should talk about (laughs) it.
1: (laughs) Well, I would even go so far as to say it's a type of travel that based on its initial description is not for us, but until you dive into it, like at least for me, there were some things that I didn't expect to see that changed my perspective a little bit. I, 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 yeah. I don't want to get yeah, to, into all I of it think, right now but
2: So we watched this show called Dark Tourism
1: Dark Tourist, I think Dark
2: Tourist I keep thinking it's called Dark Tourism But it's called <laughs> well, Dark Well, because Tourist.
1: they talk about Dark Tourism Because it's about Dark Tourism So maybe yes. we should start by just describing what that means
2: Yeah, so I didn't know
1: No, I had it's not a, heard of it before It's
2: a Netflix show And just that yes. image is, what, a skull? I don't have it in front of me
1: I think so yeah, and the idea – apparently this is not – Netflix didn't make this up, but dark tourism is an actual branch of tourism, just like ecotourism or – I don't know if it has its own name, but history and art tourism <laughs> or whatever. But it's it's people who go to see sites or have experiences that you might consider on the darker side. They're yeah depressing or they're scary or they're, you know, just the dark side of humanity types of things.
2: Yeah. So like really terrible things that happen in history. Yeah. And it can be pretty recent history Mm -hmm. or even like present day, like sites of just really sad things going on. I would say sad things, but.
1: I think sad would fall in there too. I don't think they're all sad, at least not in in the episodes that I watched, they weren't all yeah, sad. Yeah,
2: because I think that like in a lot of shows, there's just going to be a ton of variety between the episodes, right. which is why right. we're covering three between yep. the two of us so that we're not just watching one.
1: Um, yep. But also and we don't have all the time re- in the world. Well, yeah, there's that too. <laughs> but I think this show is another really good example. We've had it happen before as we've been doing this where – I had two very different Watching experiences for the two Mm. different Episodes that I watched One of them I Don't ever want to see again And if that's the way the whole show was I was like And I'm out and the other one I actually Kind of enjoyed
2: Interesting Oh I'm so excited to talk about this (laughs) So one key thing That stood out to me Overall in this show is that The host of the show is not a dark tourist.
1: Right. And that and surprised that a me surprise. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But he's interested in finding out more about dark tourism and the people who are dark tourists.
2: Which is really interesting,
1: that yeah, aspect of the it. It's the human side of that.
2: Yes. Um, I think what makes it a little more boring though is also that he's <laughs> not into it because he's pretty monotone. And his narration can kind of, like, I don't know, it It felt like I wanted him to have more reactions to things. But he's a journalist, so I think, like, right. he doesn't really show emotional reactions very much. Because I think he's taking it in intellectually. Right. Which doesn't necessarily play, like, on his face or <laughs> anything like that. And sure. I was expecting kind of, like, an intense host with a show like this
1: Right over dramatic type, yes. And it really wasn't Which I appreciated
2: Yeah It and made me not grossed out I thought I was gonna be like Couldn't even look at the screen With this show
1: Or something Well I That was one of the episodes I watched
2: Okay So I'm glad I didn't watch your episode <laughs> yeah. yeah So there's only one season And this is Like we said a Netflix show There's yep. eight episodes So mm-hmm. It's one thing I kind of like about some of these series coming out these days is they're not forever long. So you just kinda get a taste of it. Um and the host is David Farrier,
1: who mm-hmm. is from New Zealand. Which means he has an amazingly awesome accent. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was a
2: good <laughs> aspect for sure. Yep. Um, and we watched episodes two, three, and 4 Mm-hmm. Sounds right.
1: Yeah. So I think you watched episode Two. Yes. So do you want to start?
2: Sure. So I watched the episode titled Japan, and um, he goes to, it seems like probably in each episode he goes to a couple sites, because this is yeah. like a 45-minute show, so there's time mm-hmm. to go to a couple places. And so he goes to Fukushima, and okay. he goes... To a replica of a Dutch town, I didn't get the name of it. I'm sorry, what? It's. What do you uh, mean he
1: goes to the replica of a Dutch town in Japan? Yes, I'm confused, Cheryl.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't see what's confusing. It's a replica of a 16th century Dutch town. I feel like that's pretty. Self explanatory, but you know, okay, sure. If you need me to explain it a little bit more, you know, I could. Um, (laughs) I
1: I think that would be helpful.
2: (laughs) And then he finishes, well, no, he goes to the Jukai forest and then he finishes it with Hashina Island. So I guess it's kind of four places that he goes to in this episode, so um, Fukushima. Is where the earthquake and then tsunami and then explosion of the radioactive building or just radioactive center well, happened so in 2011.
1: It, it, I don't believe it was an explosion. I could be wrong, but the, the nuclear reactor yes. ended up, I don't, I don't, it wasn't a meltdown. Cause it wasn't like Chernobyl, but it definitely did release. I think because of the, both the earthquake and then the, the tsunami it overflowed whatever their storage facilities were and stuff and it it was like the perfect storm of all the wrong things that had to happen in okay. order for it to have a, a a runaway effect or whatever it was interesting yeah so
2: i wrote the word explosion and now i'm not remembering if that was my word or his word
1: well here let's let's ask the internet
2: okay that sounds good
1: here's what i have that i found on the world nuclear association website oh okay following a major earthquake a 15 meter tsunami disabled the power supply and cooling of three fukushima daiichi daiichi i don't i'm probably saying that word wrong i apologize reactors causing the nuclear accident on the 11th of march 2011 all three cores largely melted in the first 3 days and i don't see anything about an actual explosion here that doesn't mean it didn't happen oh no there's definitely an explosion
2: (laughs) i think they showed video of it on this show
1: okay yeah although the explosion itself from a nuclear reactor perspective the explosion itself is not the super dangerous part It's the radioactive fallout that's the dangerous part.
2: So that's what they talk about in this show, essentially. And so he is on this tour bus with a handful of other tourists who are interested in checking this out, Mm -hmm. and then a tour guide who is this very, like, peppy, positive person who's a local, (laughs) and he shares, they each have a, what's it called, a, a giga counter. Is that who you pronounce Geiga
1: it? Count. Geiger, Geiger counter. Geiger counter. Geiger counter. Yeah.
2: Geiger counter. Yeah. Which measures the level of radioactivity in the area. Uh-huh. Okay. So we learn right away that the level where you would not want to live there is 0.2. And so all of these tourists kind of learn that for the first time, that you wouldn't want to live there if it's above 0.4. 0.
1: 0.2. Do you you probably don't remember the units that they were using do you? RADs no. or C or... No. Okay.
2: No, but you and I watched another episode where they talk about those levels again and so yes, I got we did. two radioactive episodes. Yes, you did. <laughs> 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 it's so it's funny because I think these tourists and he are learning about these levels and everything maybe for the first time.
1: Oh, probably. Yeah. And
2: then quickly they're geiger counters show 0.75 and so Mm -hmm. they're already kind of a little spooked like okay people wouldn't want to live here um and so it's funny though because the tour guide says that the government says it's safe for residents to return but they haven't returned and um Hmm. they said well they asked him well if it's above 0.2 and the government says it's safe. Like, how how could both happen? And he said the government declared it a state of emergency so that they could say that it's safe to return because they want people to return and live there again. So that was Wait, kind what does of... what have to
1: do with a state of emergency? I'm confused.
2: I have no idea. I don't understand okay. enough about a state of emergency. <laughs> but I think it was something where, like, maybe they're trying to say that there's an exception and they can declare it safe or something like oh. that. Oh, um, Interesting Okay, and so But no see, one's like, returned No one's returned So they're going to these abandoned towns That you can see were very quickly abandoned And right. he was surprised Like no one's even come and looted or anything here mm-hmm. It's just abandoned um, It's so funny They put masks on and he's annoyed because his glasses are fogging up. And in our present day COVID times that we live yeah, in, that has been that is
0: the, yeah. a daily
2: frustration of mine when I put my mask on and my glasses fog up. But so it was funny that to him that That's was a funny. foreign thing, and I was like, "Oh, that looks so normal to see people." In it masks does
1: now for yeah. us,
2: not when they shot the show.
1: Exactly, it wouldn't have seemed normal to us three months ago.
2: Yeah. So that was kind of yeah. funny. Um, Interesting. And then eventually they go to another, I guess, in maybe another town or something that even the government calls the difficult to return to zone. Oh, interesting. There's obviously a translated term. Right. And it looks like a military zone, kind of. And, um, like, they get in trouble for trespassing eventually. And this, um, like, government employee tells them to leave because it's a difficult to return to zone. No, Which is, I think, like, the nice way of saying you're legally not allowed to be here because of yeah. how dangerous it is. Um, yeah. But they do go to some other areas around there. And so, like, they go to a lunch at a cafe called Grandma's, and it's run by a bunch of grandmas. Um oh, fun. But the government, like, put cafes like that there to try to entice people to, like, want to come back. And visit there and live there again. And they also learn that everyone who works there, like no one lives there, um, even the people that work there. Um, The government has also hired street performers. So like there's someone doing like balloon art and makes them like a mermaid outfit balloon art and things like that. (laughs) Um, So it was just very odd, like that combination of things, you know, that. Yeah. The government wants them to come back, but everyone is feeling like it's not really safe. Um, and then they see where the tsunami hit. So they hit the co- they go to the coast where the tsunami hit. And they see what used to be little towns. And it's just mm. obviously piles of stuff. Yeah, And the different tourists are kind of having different reactions to that. So that's interesting because obviously all of them chose to go on this tour. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was a surprise where they were going. But, like, some... These young Japanese guys were, like, taking photos and, like, kind of more, like, making fun of it or laughing about it a little bit. And then these other women from America were saying, like, that that was really disrespectful and devastating and everything. So it's Mm -hmm. interesting that the people on this tour obviously had different reasons for wanting to go on this tour. Yeah. Um, It was really creepy. The only thing heavy enough to stay in place where the tsunami hit were the gravestones and so there's a graveyard Hmm. that looked way more untouched than everything else which is just absolutely Hmm. obliterated so that was kind of interesting um and then they visit these big green tarps just massive and they're all perfectly lined up in a row and there's a above shot where there's just a ton of them and all the tarps tarps
1: just on the ground flat
2: um, covering, um, millions of bags of radioactive soil.
1: Oh, interesting.
2: And so you can see a couple of the bags sticking out. The bags were made to last for three years and it's been six. So they're starting to deteriorate, which is mm-hmm. part of why in this show, they're saying maybe that's part of why they covered it in the tarps too. And sure. so they're all perfectly lined up and there's a ton of them and they're huge, These tarps. And they say there's 9 million bags of this soil. Mm. And
1: so. And did they talk about why they moved it to where they moved it?
2: Slightly. I think they just kind of talked about how they were trying to clean it up. And so I don't know if that's so that hopefully people can live where that soil used to be. Mm. Again. But um, I think that was their cleanup attempt what a crazy thing to have to deal with though i just yeah wow um and then at this point their geiger counters are at 1.3 and it's so funny because people on the bus start panicking more and i just keep thinking well why did you choose to go on this tour
1: Um, well and the other thing too and we can talk about this more during the episode we both watched too but one of the things that I think is, is confusing for people is what those numbers mean because those, that number, that 0.2, whatever the unit is, which I could figure out if I did a little bit more research, which unit it is. It's probably Sieverts, but I could be wrong on that one. Um, or millisieverts actually probably. Um, but it, uh, it has to do with sustained exposure. So it's not that if you have a 0.75 now all of a sudden you're going to be sick it's if you have a 0.75 and you live there and Mm. you have it day in and day out that's what leads to the issues and so people who are freaking out about you know it's oh it's above whatever you said one something yeah right but not having enough understanding of what those numbers actually mean i could totally see why you would be worried and be afraid
2: yeah right well and Part of it, too, is that each individual on this bus has one, and it beeps Mm -hmm. whenever it gets to, like, a higher amount. And so there's more and more beeping on this bus (laughs) as it goes to 1.9, 2.3, 2.8, 7.19. And so the people on the bus kind of start panicking a little bit. And eventually they, as a group, decide, like, okay, we want to be done and turn around, and we've gone far enough. Mm. So that's that tour Again, though, I just feel like, well, then why did you come? But I don't know.
1: But I could see someone thinking, oh, it would be cool and not realize how deep they were going to be or not really having understanding of how radiation works and not recognizing. Because one of the things about radiation, it actually reminds me a little bit about the whole COVID-19 thing Mm. is you can't see it. Yeah. Yeah right? It can be there and you can be exposed to it and have no idea and no indication until quite a while after the actual exposure, unless it's a super, super intense radiation, then you may get a radiation burn fairly quickly. But Mm. most circumstances, you're not going to be under that level of radiation exposure.
2: Yeah. And so that's really interesting for TV (laughs) because then I think you have to kind of have other visuals and sounds and storytelling yep. to try to demonstrate that's why this area that we're in is really weird and right. so which is I probably think,
1: why they give them all the geiger counters yeah
2: i think to so. give them
1: that tangible connection
2: yeah. yeah um so anyway that was that part and then they go to a post-apocalyptic themed hotel um which okay. is supposed to be a future run by robots. So like, <laughs> there's Velociraptor robots that are checking you in.
1: Wait, and that are checking you in.
2: Yes, like at the counter, you check in with a Velociraptor, and then
1: so there's not actually a person doing the check in.
2: I get, yeah. I mean, I don't know if they just didn't show the people because obviously there's supposed to be some people
1: there somewhere yeah there would have to be
2: (laughs) and then in your hotel room you get a personal robot and it's funny because this robot is way dumber than like the google home device that i have (laughs) so it was funny because he kept asking it if it could sing him a song and then it was asking him what time he wanted his alarm for the morning and he said okay i guess 7 a.m and then he asks him, but I didn't ask you that. I asked you to sing me a song. And then eventually he's asking him if he would like an alarm for 830 the next morning. And so that's so funny because then like oh later the robot says, turn the lights off. And he says to it, was that a question or a statement? <laughs> <laughs> so then where that hotel is, is this replica of a 16th century Dutch town oh okay and it is like leavenworth but way more extravagant and And larger. why
1: is it
0: there
2: that i mean they don't say why we don't really get into that um and this is funny because he says you're probably wondering why everyone's wearing a mask and then i immediately because of covid times and because of this show i'm picturing over their mouths but they're wearing like Masquerade type masks,
0: oh and not and it was everyone, just over their eyes? yeah, or... just over their eyes okay, and
2: then he's on a carousel and they give him like a VR thing and so he can he's on this old carousel, but it's supposed to be VR to show him like what it would look like. I don't know they cover it Holland? super briefly and they don't give you an example of what he's seeing, but he's on a carousel oh. alone with these like VR headset. On okay and there's just lights Everywhere and lots of people dancing And it was really beautiful But it was Hmm. so Surprising but it Was a snippet of the episode so they Did not get into a lot of Detail about why or Anything The dark
1: component of This site was the hotel it sounds like Not the town
2: (laughs) yeah Or just maybe that it's weird Or like unique I'm Guessing okay um And then they go to the Jukai Forest. Have you heard of that? No. Um, It's near Mount Fuji. Um, It is a popular place to commit suicide.
1: Oh.
2: Um, I'm not sure if you're aware very much, but suicide rates, especially of teenagers in Japan, is really, really high. Yes. And I had heard about that teenagers would go out to the forest and commit suicide. And this one is really popular for that. Um, He talked about how it was popularized by a novel that came out in the 1960s called The Black Sea of Trees. Um, And Hmm. so along with that, then, of course, there's lots of beliefs of, like, ghosts in this forest or just, like, Uh. weird spiritual forces. Mm -hmm. And so he brings the tour guide back from the first part of the episode. And this tour guide talks him about like, before you walk in this forest and kind of gives him this, like, spiritual briefing before he goes in about okay. you might feel these forces. Um, okay. And they also, then they talk to a guy who's an expat and runs a local cafe. And he talks about how it's hard to tell sometimes, like, was it a suicide or was someone murdered? Because there's also thoughts of, like, you need to be really careful if you go into that forest that
1: you don't oh. get murdered,
2: essentially. Um, because people find dead okay. bodies in there. Um, and they find like a rope that was probably used as a noose on a tree.
0: Uh.
2: Um, so yeah, that was just really sad. They don't make it gory or icky, it's just kind of a sad thing. Um, mm. and there's a sign outside the forest that, um, says something like, Your life is something that you receive from your parents and you need to think about your parents and your siblings and kind of like trying to people trying to remind people of the value of their lives. To me, it's really interesting just knowing a little bit about Japanese culture that that would remind like tell them that their life is important because of their family. Because their family. Because I think there is a big tie to the importance of family. There's also a lot of shame. In Japanese culture Which is Mm -hmm. why the suicides are so high Because Mm -hmm. if you get poor grades Or different things like that It can be extremely shameful And a lot of Japanese people can feel like There's not really a way out of that Um, And it was interesting too They ran into some American tourists Who were there to check it out And so he's asking them like why They cared about it And so it was interesting Because I think it was just kind of this like gross fascination or almost, you know, or I can't, mm-hmm. it was just really interesting because that's not how I think. And that's not why I'm interested in things myself. So it's hard to get right. in that headspace, but that was interesting. And then they talked to a woman who went into the forest 30 years before to commit suicide and then chose not to, because she said she saw a ghost that told her not to. Um, and okay. she, just really talked about feeling the spirituality there and she could feel it on mm. her neck and she felt all these forces. And so the host was asking her like, well, am I safe? And she was like, Oh, you're fine. It's just me. So it was hmm. really interesting. But, um, it, I mean, it was, I think interesting for me to see, because I've heard about this idea. It was interesting to yeah. see that location and everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think one thing about this show that I did appreciate is that I'm a very positive, optimistic person who doesn't Mm -hmm. always like to think about the hard things or the sad things, but I think that it can be really important. And I think that aspects of this show that are just kind of showing like, here's a sad reality that's also in Mm -hmm. present day was, I think, kind of a good thing for me to think about sometimes. Because mm-hmm. I don't naturally go there. Yeah. Um, and then finally we went to Hashina Island. Which I did not know about. It's near Nagasaki. And he called it the ultimate ghost town. Oh, and okay. I thought it was going to be some. Because of bombing or some tsunami. Or creepy reason or something. But um, it's an island that used to be the most densely populated area on the planet
0: oh and really
2: it's not a big island like they showed an overview of it and it's totally abandoned now but it was on top of a coal mine and so all these people lived there i'm as i think because they worked in the coal mine sure. and then um around 50 years ago the mine became uneconomic i think is what they said And everyone left in the space of a week.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: And so again, kind of like where this tsunami and earthquake have happened, Mm -hmm. it's just abandoned. Like there's still stuff there. And it's just these buildings that are falling apart. And so they have a man come who lived there 50 years ago when he was a kid. And it seems like maybe hasn't been back there since. And so they go to Mm. where he lived And they go up to the very top of this building, which is like a temple and has like a beautiful view over the ocean and the island. Um, And you can just, you can see like just how densely populated it was because there's just these massive apartment buildings that are concrete and Mm. you can see that they're just little units. Like he said, his family with like two parents and four siblings lived there and he slept in the closet and... Oh it's gosh. like not a big place. And you know, he's just like this is just all we knew, so this was normal to live yeah. like this. But there were shops and sporting arenas and a pool and a school. So it was large enough to kind of be able to have a whole life on this little hmm. island with I think they said like three million people. It was a lot of people.
0: Whoa.
2: I'm not remember the exact numbers. I didn't write that one down. But um so that was really interesting. And again, like to me. It didn't feel icky dark. It just felt like an interesting piece of history that I've never yeah. heard
1: about. Maybe a little eerie when you're in a place where it's totally empty.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I wrote down a quote from the end of this episode. He said, it made me more happy to be alive. Maybe that's the point of dark tourism. Hmm. Because it feels like in these episodes that I watched, he's trying to figure out why
1: people yeah.
2: are dark tourists. Yep. And so he kind of makes statements like this of like, how did it make Mm -hmm. him feel? And he's speculating if that's why people would care about that type of tourism. Yeah. So that's the Japan episode.
1: All right. Well, would you say that that matches your experience of being in Japan?
2: No, not so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I went to Japan in seventh grade and I was there for a week and a half, and I got to stay with a local family. Mm. Um, I went with ten; there were ten of us from my middle school and three teachers that went as like a short-term exchange student program. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely saw a a bit of the denseness of the population, but I was in I was outside of Kyoto, and so it was nothing like Tokyo or you know one of the areas where they're just like shoebox apartments um right and i did have some classes before i went about the culture so i learned about these aspects of culture that kind of tied in to this episode but this is nothing like what i saw or nothing like you know the aspect of japan that i saw right
1: right yeah so seventh grade cheryl was not a dark tourist then
2: um Present-day Cheryl is also not a
1: dark tourist. <laughs> wow, I had no idea. I, I was going to save that reveal for the end of the podcast.
2: <laughs> so, Ryan, which episode did you watch?
1: Well, I watched the next episode, which was episode three. It's one of, I believe, two episodes that take place somewhere in the United States.
2: And you have been to the United States.
1: I have been to the United States. Which is I have why not... we
2: picked this episode for
1: you. It is. Because I've been struggling finding a place that I've been to. Because I haven't actually been to any of these places in the United States that he's been. But I have been to the United States.
2: Yeah, it was the closest we could get. I mean, with only eight episodes, that yep. was kind of the best we could do.
1: Yep. So, in this episode, he goes to two, three different places. He goes to Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Dallas, and then New Orleans. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: I don't know if I want the dark tourism aspect of New Orleans so much.
1: You don't. You really don't, Cheryl. Okay. (laughs) I'm just going to preface this right now. I really did not like this episode at all. This is what I pictured a dark tourism show to be. So remember Mm. how you were surprised that it wasn't what this one was? Oh, icky. Okay, yeah, can I guess? Was... Yeah, please. Okay,
2: because I don't know what your episode was about. Right. Milwaukee, Dallas, and New Orleans. Actually, the only guess I have would be something about voodoo in New Orleans.
1: Sort of. There, it's It's connected to voodoo. Okay. But Actually, it's...
2: I don't think I even have a guess for the other places because I just don't think about the dark nope. aspects of a lot of places.
1: Nope. And I wouldn't have. So I will... Share and I just apologize if anyone. I don't think I'm going to be particularly graphic, and nothing was really graphic or anything. It was just disturbing. I think is mm. the word that I would use. So if you're the type of person that would rather not hear about those things, maybe skip ahead a little bit till <laughs> the end. the The Milwaukee part's kind of blech. the Dallas part is fine, and then the New Orleans part is blech again. So just okay. heads up. So Milwaukee is, they were there to find out more about what they call the Cream City Cannibal. Jeffrey Dahmer, no, serial thank killer.
2: thank you. I'd like to skip ahead as well. well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Cheryl, you don't get to do that. So like in the episode that you had, he meets someone who is a dark tourist and who is there and is apparently... uh. Her name's Natalie. She's very fascinated by serial killers and specifically Jeffrey Dahmer. And she, they meet in this place called Shaker's Bar, which is apparently the hub of serial killer tours. Apparently, that's a thing there. And so there's a bunch of people who come and want to go on these serial killer tours. I don't, maybe it's like a Jack the Ripper type tour in London, because mm. that's one that's fairly popular, maybe. I think for me personally, just because Jack the Ripper feels very distant, because it was from another time period, you know, way back when. Yeah. It doesn't feel as as real. Yeah. Even though it was.
2: Yeah. I mean, murder podcasts are huge.
1: Oh yeah. True crime, all that yeah. stuff for sure. So Absolutely. I could see
2: I could see a market for that.
1: Yeah, and I don't think that necessarily because you're fascinated by it that that in and of itself is bad or creepy, just in and of itself. It's definitely not me, but I think it also depends on the level at which you're fascinated by it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and some of these people are really really into it. And so the tour it, it's an it's a nighttime tour, of course. And he describes it as being dominated by women in their 30s and that there are a lot of bachelorette parties that are go on this tour. I
2: could see that. Okay. Yeah. Like there's a podcast that's very popular called My Favorite Murder and it's oh, I think probably two women yeah. in their 30s that have sure. this podcast. And I think there is this weird fascination with it. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> they go around and they end up outside of Club 219, which is apparently where Dahmer picked up a lot of his victims. And then the tour guide takes out these dowsing rods. I don't know if you're familiar with what dowsing rods are. No. They're, think of thin metal rods that are kind of in an L shape, where you would hold on to the shorter part and then it kind of goes out in front of you. Okay. The middle. So, like you're holding it in your hand and then it turns at 90 degrees and then points away from you. Okay. Does that make sense? And you put two in your hands. They do that for a lot of things. They, uh, when they talk about um, uh, dowsing for water, if you're looking for water to dig a well. Uh
2: huh
1: it's the same sort of a thing. They didn't call them dowsing rods at the time, but I looked at them and was like, that sounds familiar. And I did a little research and yes, what they were holding were dowsing rods. And so basically she's talking about talking to, I think you, no, I don't remember. And I didn't write it down. I think it's talking to Jeffrey Dahmer is supposedly what they're doing. And she asks like, yes or no questions. And if yes, cross the rods. And <laughs> so then the rods will like move or not move. And, it's this whole thing. And it was funny because... So it's old, like a Ouija board. Kind of, yes.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah. And it's totally bogus. Yeah. It has been disproven by all sorts of reputable scientific investigations all the time. But people still use it and believe it. Okay, fine. But what I appreciated was both the host and then Natalie, who he was traveling with, um, don't really believe it. And I don't remember which one. One of them says, I don't really... I I think it was Natalie. She says, I really have no patience for woo like that. (laughs) So even someone who's fascinated with that particular, you know, serial killers still wasn't into that kind of let's talk to spirits type of idea, which I thought was interesting.
2: Oh, I think that's very separate.
1: Oh, and it definitely is. It definitely is. But I just think that that's interesting. And then they go to, they meet with Wendy, who was the lawyer who defended Dahmer in court and they talked to her and she, because since she was the defense attorney, she had lots of direct interactions with him. She had some recordings of interviews that she played for them and she had a drawing that Dahmer had done of uh, his shrine. And I'm not going to describe it any more than that. Um, if you want to know more, you can watch the episode or the internet's out there. Um, and I think that for me was the most disturbing part, was because mm-hmm. it was real, right? Yeah. And just hearing what he was like and the way he thought and the things that he did to his victims, and it was just mm-hmm. very, very disturbing and bothersome. And I, you know, they both walk out at the end and uh David. Ferrier the host is kind of talking to Natalie Kind of interview style like you said a journalist Mm -hmm. You know what did you think Whatever and she loved it She was super fascinated by Mm. it she found it incredibly Interesting and I was Personally I was very disturbed I was like I this is no I just I don't Need this in my life I don't want Mm. any Of this in my life this is not Something extra that I want
2: You know what's interesting is that There is a piece Of true crime Podcast that I like and I think part of why I can sometimes be on board with them is because it's just the listening part without visuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've realized, like, I don't think I would want to watch anything about this, but I think just hearing the story can be interesting to me. I've listened to a few of them, but I think yeah. it would cross a line with having visuals as a part of yeah. that. Yeah.
1: And again, I think part of it too is it just, it, it felt really real and it mm. was yeah and that i just and it's not that i want to be in denial that those things exist but i also and this is just my own personal take on things in life in general i i don't there's enough garbage and icky that comes into life that you can't avoid that i don't really feel like i want to add that mm. to my life yeah you know yeah. and i i don't necessarily immediately fault someone else who who does or think that they're twisted or demented or anything yeah. like that i think there can't that can happen but i don't think that's automatic just because you're fascinated with true crime or something i don't think it's this yeah. you know either or dichotomy but for me personally those are just not the sorts of things that i want more of in my life yeah so.
2: that makes sense
1: then we went to Dallas, and this okay. was a very different experience and less creepy, just a little odd to me. And they went to Dallas because that's where JFK was assassinated. Oh, okay. And so, you know, it's historic, but they he does two different tours that are very different in style. Hmm. And the first one is with a, a, an older gentleman named Robin, and he comes and picks him up in – a recreation of the actual car that JFK and Jackie were riding in in Dallas. Oh. So it looks like, you know, the presidential car. It's a convertible. It has the flags on the front corners and things like that. And he starts talking and explaining things. And pretty quickly, it becomes apparent that he's totally a conspiracy theorist <laughs> and <laughs> believes all of these other things, which May or may not be true. I have no idea. I have not investigated it. I haven't looked into it. In general, if you're going to force me to make a decision, if you to make uh, on something, I'm going to side on it's not a conspiracy, Mm -hmm. just because that's kind of my more conservative bent on things. But it's possible that it was more than just Lee Lee Harvey Oswald. Is that the right one? I'm I'm trying to remember. Yeah, Lee Harvey. Yeah. The, the, Assassin that got Mm -hmm. convicted and then killed Or whatever a lot of people think that there was somebody Else and it was it wasn't just him or He was a patsy or whatever and he just Keeps talking and talking and talking apparently He talked for four Plus hours
2: (gasps) Oh goodness
1: Mm -hmm. And this was they're driving around There's actually they have a spot On the road With a big X that's been painted There for the spot Where he was where JFK was when he was shot wow. and it's just there and it's on the road that you can drive through. Hmm. So it's interesting. Um, and I thought it was funny. He was, so he, it drives him through, but then also they get out of the car and they go and they talk and they walk around and they see this thing comes back to the car It had a boot on it because he was parked too long <laughs> and he had to pay an extra $105 to get the boot off his car. Then there's the second tour, which is with Ricardo and that is a VR tour. So hmm. that one's totally virtual reality and you actually see and they go through some recording to add some stuff to it. So they have an actor playing Lee Harvey Oswald and they go to his house or maybe it was the place just that he fled to. I'm not – I didn't fully understand that hmm. and they shoot a scene there and then then they cut back to Robin, the first guy. Apparently his day job is that he's a funeral home owner or worker <laughs> – so then they guys see him there, and he just uh, keeps talking. Uh, apparently, his house is modeled after the White House.
2: I'm so happy for him!
1: Yep, baby. Okay. <laughs> yep. And then they get to meet his wife, and then they hmm. go back to Ricardo, and they do a night tour that's in these buggies that are kind of like golf carts, but they're extra big. <laughs> so they seat more people, and they go around. They're playing lots of music. And then there's an actress who's dressed as Jackie, Jackie Kennedy, and mm-hmm. she sits with them and just looks sad the whole time.
2: Well, I mean, if her husband to... was shot, you know. Well, yes,
1: exactly. But like, that's all she does. She doesn't say anything. She doesn't interact. Huh. It's very, very weird. Interesting. And so that was that was that one. That was significantly less dark.
2: Yeah. Just more like history stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay
1: then we went to new orleans and they went on vampire tours <laughs> so first they stop off with maven and he makes fangs for people like he-, he
2: makes fangs
1: yep the little like teeth caps that you can put over your teeth so that you can have fangs he custom oh,
2: makes them okay
1: yep all right so we did that. Uh, then he went and attended a vampire wedding. <laughs> during which they do actually drink human blood. Ew, no. Uh-huh.
2: No, thank you.
1: I agree. Then he goes to the home of a vampire. And they're having a birthday party. And it's apparently it's a vampire family. But it's not necessarily all... Hereditary family It's people who have decided to be a family Okay And I think they're all adults They're d- varying ages But they're all adults And they're celebrating a birthday Most of them look like Pretty normal There's mm-hmm. one who is dressed kind of like Like a Beethoven style Like white wig
2: you know okay. Kind of more old yeah. school
1: But but there's only one And that's just I guess his style that he likes um and then they do a ritual at the door to ward off evil spirits where they he takes some alcohol and he like sprays it out of his mouth at the door and he says things and he like waves at the door that's i think where it connects a little bit to voodoo a little bit more
2: okay
1: and then oh
2: no i'm scared
1: so do you remember the second show that we watched as a part of this.
2: No reservations. No no
1: reservations. And Uh do you remember that the one that you and I both watched together where they went to Helsinki? Yes. And do you remember how they went to a sauna?
2: And the cupping?
1: And the cupping. Do you remember the cup the wet cupping?
2: Uh Uh-huh. With the blood. But they like stabbed his back essentially.
1: Yep. Uh Uh-huh. I got a reprise of that. Oh no. Except Ryan. there there was no cup. Oh. They um so there's two guys and one of them takes his shirt off and turns around. The other guy takes a little implement, I don't know, a knife or something, and cuts into his back. Oh. And then the other and then he drinks his blood.
2: Ew. No, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Okay, all of that is what I pictured with this yep. show.
1: Me too, and that's what I got Um, And then he This guy, he believes that he's Actually a vampire and that he needs That blood to survive, and he describes how He tried all these other treatments and things And it just didn't work, but drinking Somebody else's blood actually Makes him feel better, and then the final Statement that I wrote at the end of this episode was Gross, I do not like This show
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah
1: Like literally there were like I was turning my face away from the screen and I was like, oh, I was not. I did not enjoy this episode Mm. at all. Not at all. It was not pleasant. So, Ryan. So, Cheryl.
2: Do you feel like this matches your experience in the location of the United States?
1: Thankfully, no.
2: Good. I mean, I would be concerned (laughs) if it did.
1: Yeah. No. It, it thankfully did not. This is not what my United States experiences have been.
2: I, good. Okay. I am I feel safe right now then. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, Ryan, I'm happy that that's not the episode you ended on. Yes, although I'm guessing you felt pretty apprehensive for the episode that we watched
1: together. I, I did because I had just watched this and I, I, and I, I don't remember now, but I think – I think I actually had to shut it off because typically I'll watch the two episodes back to back just so that I can get, you know, just a sense one right after the other. And I'm looking for the same sorts of things. I'm pretty sure that I shut it off and then like had to go up and walk and like go somewhere else and be like, no, I I don't. I don't want to watch any more of this show. (laughs) Okay. But there's one more episode I have to watch.
2: Okay. Well, let's do that for the listeners then too. (laughs) But thankfully
1: the second one was not as bad.
2: And it was really interesting
1: I, yeah, I actually really fa- I mean, you've already alluded to this But there was a fair amount of stuff Related to radioactivity And nuclear stuff again Which is a whole science component Which I found really fascinating mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I found the last segment Really fascinating
1: And, and so I'm oh,
2: excited to talk about that
1: Yes yeah. So the
2: episode we watched together Was episode 4 Called mm-hmm. The Stands."
1: which I just thought was a funny name.
2: <laughs> and we chose it because as we've been doing these shows, we're trying to choose episodes about places that we know kind of just nothing about. Yep. And just as a way to broaden our knowledge of the world. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that was a little scarier with this show, I think. I mean, no matter what, it was kind of like, yeah. who knows what we're getting into Yeah, with this show. But it was like, I I don't know what's happening in the stands that we're going to be talking about. Like, yep. I wouldn't have the first guess.
1: Yeah. And so the stands that it's referring to are Kazakhstan um, and Turkmenistan. And I th- was there one more? I feel like I'm missing one. I thought there was a third one. No? Just those
2: two? Those were the two that I wrote down. He talks okay. about how there's five countries... Called the stands and I think he visits
1: Two of them maybe a third one Yeah that's because I only have The two written down yeah in my head I thought He went to three but he went to a couple of different places In Kazakhstan
2: yes so. So he talks about how Kazakhstan Is I think he says the most Bombed place on earth
1: Yeah he did he said well he said one Of the most nuclear bombed Places in the world and I think What he means by that is Not that It was bombed in the like in war but they they did they set off a lot of nuclear bombs there because it was a testing site
2: yeah and so it just seems like it's just had the most bombs set off there yeah you're right not like yep the most the country that's been bombed the most or something like that right yeah they talked about
1: he talked about how it was the ninth largest country in the world Which I didn't realize Yeah I didn't know that
2: either I would have never guessed that So that was interesting
1: And then they talk about the Polygon Which is a region of the USSR Where the nuclear test site was
2: And then they visit
1: And they do And they meet up with Andy Or he Mm -hmm. meets up with Andy I guess
2: Andy likes to holiday in combat zones And has for the last 30 years
1: Yeah and so that
2: was interesting because Andy seems fairly normal, I think, uh-huh. yes. and kind of just seemed like he reminded me of just like a teenage boy, almost with his fascination of or like entertainment mm. that he got from visiting.
1: But he was definitely not a teenage boy. Yes. He was oh, in yeah. middle Full grown age, for sure. Man, yeah. 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 And yeah, he travels to war zones. I, I did think. Maybe I shouldn't have thought it was funny, but I did find it funny that there was a name for the first bomb that was detonated there. Did you catch it? No. Joe One, (laughs) named after Joseph Stalin.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So they go to a lake. Do they call it bomb lake? I forget what they call it.
1: Atomic lake. Uh, Atomic uh, lake. I'm just going to mention before this, they get to a hotel and Andy makes a comment that I just thought was funny. So I wrote it down. He said, "I didn't exactly expect the Ritz, but I didn't expect the Bates Motel either. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> they walked down this creepy hallway
2: yeah. into their hotel with tiny beds funny. and
1: yeah, yeah. stains and on the did sheets. You, did you notice that Andy had a printed binder of all of his research? Yes,
2: yeah. So that was which really interesting, interesting. That and he had really done his research.
1: Yeah, yeah. So then you're right. They go to this atomic lake where." Apparently, it was created in 1965 by an underground nuclear explosion. It's 400 meters wide and 100 meters deep. And they said that the water is 100 times more radioactive than drinking water. Oh, boy. But again, that doesn't necessarily tell you exactly how radioactive it is. Because drinking water isn't really radioactive. Yeah. Right. And so 100 times more, that doesn't automatically make it dangerous. It sounds scary, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's this terrible thing. I mean, and there were people there who were fishing.
2: That was crazy. And then they eat the fish.
1: They do. And yeah. And our and the host and Andy eat the fish, too.
2: Yeah. And they're apprehensive. And then also they're like, I don't know, I guess we're hungry. So we're going to eat. Yeah. I, I mean, I think they also eat it for the show.
1: But, oh, for sure they do. Yeah. Well, and then I thought it was interesting, and this is where I had to do a little research. The The locals who were there and they gave them the fish said that they needed to drink vodka because yeah. that counteracted the radiation.
2: Yeah, that was and an so interesting
1: idea. I, I had to research that. Because, I'm sure you did. Yeah. And the, the basic answer is no, it doesn't really work. There are some ideas around it. That it sort of kind of does. And there were a couple of components. Where there are a few things. That vodka can do. But. For the most part. The way it ends up working out inside your body. No it wouldn't actually be successful.
2: Yeah. I mean I also think it's probably just like. A nice excuse to drink. Um, And they swim.
1: So yeah. They do. They swim along the surface of the lake.
2: And someone tells them. You can swim and that's fine, but maybe don't dive deep.
1: Yeah, because the deeper you go, the stronger the radiation is. Yeah. The thing that I found myself thinking about was I wonder which type of radiation. And if I knew a little bit more about nuclear chemistry, I might be able to, maybe I should have just known, but because if it's, as there's different types of radiation, so there's alpha particles, beta particles gamma rays which are the worst which wouldn't still be there and then there's neutron radiation and if the radiation is neutron radiation then them eating fish would actually be really dangerous oh because yeah alpha particles can be stopped by a piece of paper hmm. and then the beta particles um, you need something a little bit thicker but it's clothing is usually thick enough hmm. but the neutron radiation and gamma rays are the ones that are super dangerous so I don't know but they swam.
2: They swam. And then they go to a field where they said it was the first atomic detonation. And then there were many detonations yeah. there. Yeah. And they were paper suits and face masks. And he's mm-hmm. wondering if the paper suits are enough to and, stop right. it.
1: And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Depending on the type of radiation, it actually could be. Interesting. Right? Yeah. And again, it goes back to what we were saying earlier, because we can't see it, because it's so tiny, we don't have a way of understanding.
2: Yeah. Well, and if it's not like the air smells different, you know, or something like that, then that's really tough too. Yep. So they also have a Geiger counter. So I got two episodes where we talked about Geiger counters.
1: I know. I'm so jealous And because (laughs) I got blood drinking (laughs) and you got – This
2: this one went up to 14. It did. So I knew that that was very high because of my Japan episode. Right. And so that was interesting.
1: But it also depends, again, on what the units are. Because there's more than one unit that you can Mm -hmm. use. And that's why I was trying to dive in. And I think, based on what I can find, millisieverts is probably what the unit was that they were using. Um, and just to give you a, a reference, cause I've done a, I dug in with the internet quite a bit here. Cause this is what I do to give you an idea. So at 15, uh, millisieverts, that's about the amount of radiation you would get from a CT scan of your abdomen and pelvis.
2: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. So just so like to, you're you know, saying,
2: if you're living in that. That would be dangerous. Right. Just but like a one time CT scan.
1: Exactly. But just a, it's kind of like, it's a little bit different, but kind of like x rays. I don't know if you noticed that when either you go to the doctor or the dentist and they take an x ray, usually the radiologist, the person or the tech who's running it, they leave the room.
2: Yes. Yeah. Right.
1: You put on the lead vest or whatever, but they leave the room. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait, but why is it safe for me to be in here? Because you're just getting the one x ray. But they're in there job. every single day mm-hmm. and so they would be exposed over and over and over again and that could be toxic for them because that's what they do all the time
2: that makes sense
1: so yeah it's a similar thing
2: um so then they ask a tour guide if there are health problems in the area uh-huh and get very vague answers
1: yeah yeah what and- i wrote was the guide seems reluctant to admit that the tests led to any medical issues.
2: Yeah. So then they ask some medical people mm-hmm. about it and they're more honest about yeah. it. And they, s- yeah. I think they're the ones that say, well, you should go to an orphanage.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so they meet these kids and like one of them is paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and these can- are young kids. Yeah, young kids. And you can visually tell that they're having some sorts of growth defects or different things Mm -hmm. like that and andy who thought it was funny to eat the fish and swim in the water is really impacted yeah by this and he feels some guilt for laughing about it or kind of blowing it off as just Mm -hmm. a kind of thing that got his adrenaline rushing before yeah so that was really interesting yeah
1: it was very sad
2: yeah so then we go to a closed city that is pretty exclusive to get into. I think it's called Bil- Bilanor, Is that what he said?
1: Uh, what I wrote down was uh, Baikonur. Baikonur. Okay. Yeah. B-A-I-K-O-N-O-U-R.
2: Is and I the remember. only note I took was the word rocket. Because then I figured that you would talk that about I would do the, rest. <laughs> the
1: rocket more. Yeah, I was super fascinated by this for sure. This apparently was the heart of the Russian space race. This is where Yuri Gagarin, who is the first human um, out in space to orbit the Earth, he launched from there. It, Like you said, it's still a closed city, so you can't just go if you wanted to. Apparently, even though it's in Kazakhstan, it's still leased by the Russians – so Ooh. russia still is leasing the land and the facilities so that they can continue to run their cosmonaut program from there wow which i thought was very interesting and uh they yeah they talked about the soyuz rocket and they didn't directly say it but it, it made me think this may be the spot where russia ha- is still currently launching and so just a. Just a little while ago, we had the SpaceX rocket launch U.S. astronauts for the first time in nine years since we stopped the space shuttle program. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in order for us to get to and from the International Space Station, we've had to use Russia's program, which means we've probably been launching from there.
2: Hmm. Well, I and they I showed was American Russia, but... astronauts there. Yep. So that was really interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was it was very interesting.
2: I have a question for you. The host of the show was concerned about them using a 50-year-old rocket and he mentioned it a couple times. Yeah. What do you think about it?
1: Well, a couple of things. I'm first of all, I'm not a rocket scientist. (laughs) So I'm not surprised. So I'm definitely not an expert. I, I was not as concerned. As he was. Hmm. He seemed really, really concerned and he thought that it was all really sketchy. And I think he also was, I don't really see what the big deal is. Because apparently it's only really wealthy tourists who pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to go and watch a rocket launch. And he's like, I don't understand what's the big deal. Right. And they like, they the train pulls the rocket out, they had a museum of the cosmonaut program. Um, they do a press conference, all these different things. And then at the end, he actually does get to see a launch. and he talks about how, oh, yeah, now I get it. I see why you would travel this far to be able to see a yeah. rocket launch. And I totally I would I would love to go do that. I'd love to see a rocket launch. Um, and I think, I think what we, I think especially our generation, Cheryl, because we didn't really grow up with the space program in the same way. Yeah, The space shuttle was running and I, oh, see, I always get the two mixed up. The Challenger and the Columbia were the two space shuttles that blew up, that exploded. Mm -hmm. I believe the Challenger was the one that blew up on takeoff and i think that i want to say like 1986 or something so i was alive but i don't remember it um yeah. i and then i do remember the columbia cuz that was on reentry mm, okay but that those are the only major space accidents that i can think of in my memory but you look at the the us space program there were a lot of accidents mm. that happened because it's super dangerous stuff <laughs> So, you know, the fact that he's like, "Oh, 50-year-old rocket." I-, I don't know that it's any less safe than a current rocket. It's rocket travel is just dangerous. Mm. And so, I mean, 50 years, sure. I guess maybe it's less likely to be, you know, to to have current technology, but really the technology is not so much about the actual rocket itself and more about the computers. And all of that sort of stuff But the actual physics that gets you up into space I don't think has changed in 50 mm. years
2: Yeah, I would assume they've had modern day computers on there And just the actual like hardware or like equipment is the old stuff
1: Yeah, I d- that, yeah and I don't know
2: The part I liked was he got to go to a press conference Where they interviewed yeah. the astronauts And what was funny to me was he... So he's explaining to us that he's out of his element and doesn't know what he's talking about. But it's his turn to ask
1: a question, which something yeah, which
2: I didn't really believe, but that's okay, Um, because it was like he could also choose to not ask a question.
1: He may have meant that he had asked to ask a question, and he finally got the microphone. Mm, Yeah, maybe something like that. Since it was his turn, maybe. And
2: so he felt like he was asking a really dumb question. Of like why do you even care You know like we've already gone to space So like why would you care about This Um, And so it was funny to me though because The people answering the questions Weren't aware that his show Is very different Than Mm -hmm. these Other people um, Who are interviewing them for the News or things like that so that was funny To me that like they wouldn't Even think twice of a camera being there showing him Mm. asking that question or anything. It was just Mm -hmm. like a different dynamic than maybe typically you get where there's like, that's the only camera there and something's going on, you know? So, um, yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was kind of funny to me, but.
1: When I, I actually appreciated his question and the response because yes. like you said, the question was something like, hey, we've already been there. It's not so much the first person there anymore. We send you know, rockets up all the time. Why do we go? Like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. And it, he tried to be as respectful as possible, yes. I think, in the way that he was asking it. And if I remember, I think it was one of the cosmonauts that answered. And I think we got a translation, yes. I think. Or- yes. Uh, and what I, I really thought that his answer was really good because he said, no, I don't think that's a dumb question at all. I think that's a really important question. Why are we going up? And he launches into all of the reasons that of course, now off the top of my head, I can't remember what he said, but they were, (laughs) but I thought they were really good. And I think it's a valid question because it costs hundreds of millions of dollars to send people into space. We should be asking, is this worth it? Yeah. That is the right question to ask. So that was cool. Yeah.
2: That was that was a total surprise with this episode. I was not expecting that aspect of that. And so that was really cool. Yeah. And pretty exclusive to be able to see that. Yeah.
1: So that was neat. I mean, unless you have, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to do the tour yourself. (laughs) If any of our listeners would like to fund us, we would be happy to do a live episode from uh from the uh, the the launch of a Soyuz rocket.
2: Oh, sure. Yeah, yep. no, we'd be happy to. Yeah, bonus mm-hmm. content for sure. Exactly.
1: Yep. <laughs> we'll even put out
2: two episodes that week.
1: <laughs> uh, I'll bet we could do that. I'll bet we could do that.
2: So then we finish this episode in Turkmenistan. Yeah. At the martial arts games, I believe.
1: Yes. Well, I wrote it. Where did I write it down? Um. The Asian Indoor and Martial Arts Games. Yes. Yeah. Which... And it uh, was
2: bonkers.
1: First of all, I didn't know anything about Turkmenistan. I knew nothing about it. I... It sounds a little
2: fake. It sounds like you're trying to make Turkey one of the stands. Yep. And so... It was interesting because yeah I just I went totally blind as well Um, And so we learned really quickly That there is a dictator In this country
1: Mm -hmm. Apparently it's Um, considered a kingdom And he described it As Las Vegas meets North Korea
2: Yeah that's a good description It was I don't know what I did picture If you just said this country Has a dictator But I did not picture this So it was really yeah, so interesting. And so he was able to go into this country as a sports reporter from New Zealand.
1: For the Asian indoor and martial arts games.
2: And he was one of the very few reporters there.
1: Yeah. He got there. I think uh, technically it was a day before stuff had opened or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they show him in the press box area. And he was the only one. nobody else was there
2: yeah and And, um yeah and so it's similar to the olympics as far as how um how much they get into it i'm trying to think of even the right word well and so they said
1: that it cost five billion dollars to build all of the Special buildings, just like they do with the Olympics, mm-hmm. they build special facilities and all this stuff, and they spent five billion dollars, which is more than the Rio Olympics spent. They yeah, said. and no one's there. No one is there. The city is gorgeous. It's white. I don't remember what the type of stone. White marble. Maybe it was marble, mm-hmm. right? And all of these buildings, and they are beautiful. And there are no people.
2: It's so creepy. This was creepier to me than this abandoned city island in Japan. Because this is like... All the stuff was just built and supposed to be enjoyed, you would think. And no one's there. No. Like, hardly any cars on the road. Yeah. It was so weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... They... Well, he wants. Okay, he wants to go to a fiery pit that's been burning for forty yeah, years. Can you explain that? That sounded really cool. Was?
1: It was called the Gates of Hell, and it was a pit. I don't think that they did a great job of explaining it. Somehow, it's a pit of oil that started burning and is still burning. And so he and his guide, who was who's a Russian named Aziz. Wanted to go, and I guess they had this whole thing where they were gonna try and I think cook eggs on it, right? Because it's down this pit. They get this big long metal pole with like a not a plate, but like a dish type of a thing on the end. Hotel room. Yeah, and they're gonna like you know move it down there so that they could cook it on the fires that are just still burning, and then bring it up. But Cheryl, they don't get to go.
2: No, they don't. Why not? They're just not allowed. Like, so, legally. apparently, They're the president
1: allowed. closed off everything outside of the city, and journalists were not allowed to leave the city.
2: Mm. Which, you know, that's not questionable at all or concerning. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So, they can't go to nope. this fiery pit. So, instead, they go on a tour of the inner city. Yep. And um, we find out that. Um, They're not allowed to film locals, so we can hear their tour guide's voice in the car they're in. Yep, but they can't film.
1: They can't film his face. Yeah, we get this kind of profile silhouette from like behind the car seat, but we don't actually see any details in the face at all.
2: Yeah, and so we learned some fun things about this city. (laughs) um that apparently the president is really into guinness records and so it is there's three we hear about and the first one had to do with marble it was like the largest cluster of white marble buildings or something like
1: something very
2: specific um the largest indoor ferris wheel which you get We get a shot of, and it looks like you just, like, covered up a Ferris wheel.
1: Yep. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's big. It's kind of like a London Eye type of a Ferris wheel. Yes. And then the
2: largest image of a star, maybe? Something about a star.
1: Something. Yeah, I I don't know.
2: And no one's there. The city, like, the architecture and everything is so over-the-top. Golden statue of the president on an iceberg riding a horse. And, I mean, just all this stuff, and no and gorgeous there. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: And I don't know if that's the way it always is, or just because of these games.
2: Yeah. I, they don't explain but, why. I don't think they know why. I don't why. think they know. Yeah. Yeah. And then it gets weirder, uh-huh. because he, in the middle of the night, apparently leaned on a mirror in his hotel room and got a big cut on his hand.
1: I got more blood, lucky me.
2: Oh yeah. And so he goes to the hospital and he's really worried about missing missing the opening of the games.
1: Because the president's gonna be there, because he really wanted to be able to see the president. Yes. Yeah. Right? And yeah. maybe interview him, he was hoping.
2: Yeah. Um and so they inject him with a horse tranquilizer after <laughs> I didn't stitches, fully understand. It I don't was really know. hard to tell. At least he gets some sort of a bandage. Yeah. And then they just like send him on his way. Yep. And so he's high and goes to the opening ceremonies.
1: <laughs> I don't <laughs> know if high, but he's drugged up for sure. It's,
2: yeah. Um, and then, and the opening ceremonies are more extravagant than Rio. So once again, it's like bigger yep. than Rio's Olympics.
1: Well, I wrote down that it was a 3 hour long opening ceremony.
2: Yeah, with like all sorts of performances, people flying with like sparkler things.
1: Yeah. Shooting I mean, all we sorts only saw of bits things. and pieces of it, but it looked very, there were horses involved and hundreds of people and lights and fireworks and Yeah. It was over the top. I mean, a lot of the opening ceremonies anymore yeah. are pretty over the top, but it was but like I don't above think they go on that. for three hours,
2: yeah, yeah, um, and oh, it was more expensive than Rio. That's what they said, yep, yeah. so yeah, and then he sees the president give a speech, yep, um, so we get that, and then it ends with his friend sends him a video of cooking <laughs> eggs over the fiery pit because, because he apparently snuck... he
1: snuck out of the oh, city
2: oh that terrified me so much i mean even if they're going to this country it was kind of scary and then on top of that he like sneaks out to go yeah. do that it was crazy but yeah. um
1: i think we should say that at the opening ceremonies the stands were full there were lots and lots of people there
2: there's a couple shots of empty seats But there's a lot of crowd noise, and there's parts of the crowd that are just packed of people.
1: Yeah. So there's people in the city.
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: You just never see them in the city.
2: Yeah. And journalists don't get to see the rest of the country. Yeah. So they get to see this one city. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, so interesting.
1: It was incredibly interesting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I would watch that show a lot. What do you mean? Like, if, if that part of the episode was what the show was like, like, here's an aspect of a country that you've never seen before. Like, mm. I, that's so interesting to me because I don't always yeah. pay enough attention to current events, you know, or things like <laughs> that. And so sure. I was just like, my jaw was dropping the whole time during yeah. that part of the episode. So it was really interesting.
1: Yeah. I, I really enjoyed the episode. Like I said at the beginning of our episode, I feel like I had two very different experiences mm, in yeah. the two episodes that I watched because the one, I did not like it. It was exactly like I was afraid the show was going to be yeah. and I was not interested. But the one on the stands was so fascinating for me. Two-thirds of it was stuff that I'm already into. It was sciency and space and nuclear physics, Which I am incredibly fascinated by. So that in and of itself I found interesting just because of the places that he went. And then, yeah, Turkmenistan, like you said, we try and pick places that we don't know very much about. I definitely didn't know this. Yeah. And I'd never seen a picture. I didn't know anything about it. And I still wouldn't say that I know very much. But I definitely know a lot more now than I did before.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that was really interesting. Um, I still found the show – Maybe it says narration It He was kind of boring But I think some of the content They showed was really interesting Um
1: See he didn't bore me
2: But I think Part of that is it depends on maybe how I approach these For like Because I think you can call a lot of things Entertainment and I think like I don't think he was entertaining uh, But I think right. it was interesting And so
1: Oh, see if I yeah, because I for the most part, I'm not watching the travel show to be entertained. I'm watching it to gain knowledge about a place. And yeah. so I wasn't looking or expecting entertainment. Yeah. Which actually I think is partly why Travel Man was one that I enjoyed so much more, was because it was also incredibly entertaining. Yes.
2: But here's the thing is I want I forget the name of the host of Travel Man.
1: Uh, Richard Iowati.
2: I want him to host this show. <laughs> I want more reactions. This show, I think, it's supposed remarks. to kind of like—I mean, it's about dark tourism. I want yeah some opinions on it, and he gives his opinions in such this dry, monotone way. I want like you reactions. Said, he's a
1: journalist. I think yes. he's intentionally trying to remove and just report. Yes.
2: Yeah. And I think I want someone who's like, are you kidding me? You know, like <laughs> I want a little more of like a personality. Yeah. Hosting a show about dark tourism.
1: Yeah.
2: Or I want a dark tourist to host it. Who hmm. loves this? Although, and I don't really, I wouldn't watch that show, but I no. would watch. No, you would not. <laughs> Travel man guy, Richard. Yeah. I would watch him host the show a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. He might've gotten kicked out of that country. Because they talk uh, about, yeah, like, probably. don't say anything negative about the president And your room might yeah. be bugged and all those things So, yeah, who knows
1: Oh, th- oh that's right, I forgot He did, uh, David, the host Did actually search his room for bugs Yeah Didn't yeah. find any, but
2: That was where he was being very funny He made really funny comments while he did that I enjoyed that <laughs> Okay, so Ryan Cheryl Based on the title of our show Take me with you. If you could take yourself to just one thing from this episode, what would it be and why?
1: Oh, probably, probably the rocket launch. I think there's a lot that I would be really interested in, but the rocket launch, I think partly just because it's so expensive. Yeah. I would never be able Yeah would never be able to do that i mean probably wouldn't be able to go to turkmenistan either but that's also a little bit scarier for me to me so i I think i would do the rocket launch because i would enjoy seeing the rocket launch it would be cool to see the cosmonaut museum to see a space program that isn't the u.s space program i find Mm. that incredibly interesting to see a different cultural perspective on a similar idea or theme Mm. that's always really interesting i think so yeah i think that's what i would do what about you
2: If we could teleport, then I would want to go to Turkmenistan. Because if I could get... I guess if I could get over my fear of getting in trouble there or imprisoned or... You know, like, I don't think I would actually want to go there because I'd be so terrified of the government and something happening to me. But, like, I would love to see either that city or just the opening ceremonies would yeah. be really interesting yeah, to see. I think it would be so crazy to just stand in that city and just have it be empty and also, like, the most extravagant thing mm-hmm. you've ever seen. Yeah. It would be very interesting. Yeah. So did this episode make you want to go to the stands more than before watching this episode?
1: Yeah, it definitely did. Mm. Because, again, I didn't know very much about the stands, and there's some cool things. I... The the one component that I would say if this is considered dark tourism, and I never would have put it in that category, Mm. but the component that I would be a dark tourist would be these nuclear fallout sites. Mm. You know, even going to Fukushima, I would totally do that. Really? Tour. Oh yeah. I would find that incredibly fascinating. If I had a chance to go to Chernobyl, I would go to Chernobyl. Mm. I would do some of those things. I think because the you know the science behind it is something that's so fascinating to me, and so knowing that you could take precautions, you know, I wouldn't just go wherever. Yeah. But you know, I've just I've done some of my own research a little bit on nuclear radiation. I've seen some other programs. There's a, a really interesting program on PBS called "Twisting the Dragon's Tail," where one of the YouTubers that I enjoy kind of hosts this thing about kind of radiation and what does it mean and how does it work and he actually does get to go to chernobyl and with a geiger counter and see these different things and stuff so like i'm somewhat familiar with that kind of idea already and i would really enjoy being able to just see what that's actually like in person um Hmm. and that i guess and that component of me i am a little bit of a dark tourist Mm -hmm. but i would not want to go to any of the sites in the first episode that i watched (laughs) None zero zip sils blah no thank you. How about you? Would you like to go to any of? I mean, you already talked about Turkmenistan, but do you think it made you want to go more than before? No. Okay. I
2: don't. I say I want to go everywhere, and then but I maybe that's not true. This episode, and I was like, <laughs> I think I'm good. Yeah, yeah. No interest there, really. Okay, so based on this show overall would you want to travel with David Ferrier?
1: I don't think I would mind traveling with him as much as you would. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think, I think the part, this would, this is going to sound really terrible. I think the part that I might like to travel with him with would be because he is a journalist, he can get into places and see things Mm. that I wouldn't, otherwise be able to see or do and that for that component i think i would appreciate traveling with him uh i mean i don't i don't think he would bother me at all (laughs) or anything like that but if it's just to these dark tourist sites i'm definitely not interested in a lot of them so yeah how about you i know he's not your favorite person
2: (laughs) i think i can kind of relate To that answer I mean I he seems Fine as a person you know I just I don't know if he should host a TV show or not but um Yeah he seemed like a perfectly normal Person um I will
1: say I will Say one of the things I do Appreciate about the show though is it's not over the top, over dramatic. Yes. Because I think you could swing too far the other way and totally make everything extra creepy and extra weird and all of those and just emphasize those things. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that it doesn't do that. Because I've That's definitely, you know, like the, I think I've talked about this before, kind of the History Channel type thing from the early 2000s where everything was over the top and it was the end of the world and the apocalypse, this and Mm, black holes are going to destroy everything and all this stuff. And it's like, well, okay. It's interesting enough. You don't need to sensationalize it. So I do appreciate that they didn't sensationalize it,
0: Mm, Yeah, but
1: I can see where you're coming from that maybe a little bit more oomph and energy in the show might not be, might help it.
2: Yeah. Um, and would you recommend this
1: show? That's a tough one. I think it depends on the person. Yeah. Uh, you know, for example, a friend of mine who is a, a good friend of mine who listens to this show and I can pretty much guarantee you is listening to this episode, and I really hope that she skipped over the part when I recommended it. I would not recommend the show to her, my friend Ingrid. I would not. She was... Mm. Ingrid and Don were both on the episode where I recorded information before going to Disneyland. Yeah. I just kind of took the mic and they kind of gave me tips. So she, I would not recommend it for her. It's not her type of show. She gets too emotionally connected to whatever's happening. Mm. And I think that that would just be too much for her. Um, I'm not sure I would watch another episode just because, yes, the stands were interesting but the other episode that I watched was so disturbing and mm. it bothered me so much. I don't know that I'm willing to roll the dice on another episode. So I think it really depends on if that sort of stuff bothers you or not. And if it doesn't, then it's there's some really interesting things that the show does that I haven't seen in other travel shows.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point. It's a very different angle. I would say... If you like murder podcasts, you might like it. I don't know. It depends on yeah. if you or if you consider yourself a dark tourist or if you're just mm-hmm. fascinated by some of those ideas, then it's a pretty interesting show. Yeah. I agree. I won't watch more of it because I don't want to see no. a lot of blood stuff.
1: Yeah. You could watch the episode I watched. You'd really no, like you. it.
2: No, thank you. I'm good. No. no,
1: And I don't even want to have watched the episode that I watched. <laughs> That's going to do it for this week's episode. We would love it if you would follow us on social media. We are at Podcast. That's T-M-W-Y for Take Me With You Podcast. We are on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter.
2: You can also email us at TimWayPodcast at gmail.com. Send us suggestions of shows we should watch. Guests we should have on, let's see, maybe tell us about a time when you cooked an omelet over a giant fiery pit
1: i think that's a pretty common experience so we sh- oh, i expect to hear from every one of our listeners <laughs> about the time that you did that you can also call us and leave us a voicemail at 406-763-8699 uh, another way to remember that is 406 pod Timwee. we would really appreciate it if you would rate and review our podcast if you would share about this episode on social media especially if you know people who either are dark tourists or who you think might be interested. Share this episode so they can find out more about the show. And we'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast to make sure you don't miss an episode.
2: As always, thank you to Beth Reed Miller for the use of her awesome artwork. You can check out more of Beth's artwork at Beth is Something. And thank you to Erica Corbin for the use of her song, Round the Globe. You can listen to Erica's music wherever music is sold or streamed.
1: I don't know about you, Cheryl, but I'm going to go do some not dark things now.
2: I'm going to go watch a comedy or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time, remember to take me with you. Take
2: me with you. Can we get a
0: sailboat chasing down the sunset as we float? Round and round the globe. Salty air and balmy nights Guided only by the lights above And all, love. all the world is out there waiting to explore And all our troubles here want them to be